Hi, I'm Willie Brown, and you're listening to Glory Days of Gold. Lord Provost Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better. All conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road Sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 1938 I was just a boy and knew I'd have to wait Now there's broken dreams and what might have been At that stadium by the shore But those glory days of gold might return once more Hello, hello, how do you do? We are the boys from New Bayview and we're back with another episode of Glory Days of Gold, your East Fife and Scottish football podcast. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Lee Gillis. I'm Doug Perry. I'm Aaron Anderson. And we've no Gordon Henderson this week. It was all all too much. <laughs> it was all too much for him yesterday. We, we might go over to the ledge that he's on later in the show for a, for a live update as to how he's doing, but it, it just got... Far too much, as the news came through that East Fife were relegated. We're going to delve into that in the show. We're not going to look through the match too much, because from watching the Falkirk highlights, the second half was two minutes worth of highlights, and that was basically just a goal. So I'm, I'm guessing not a lot happened in that second half. We'll delve into the game, but we'll talk a little bit more just about what now, where that leaves us, how we're feeling about the season, a few other things as well. We'll try and keep it as upbeat as we can when our, our teams have been relegated. But before we get into any of that, let's just hear a little bit from this episode's sponsors. East Fife Community Football Club is proud to sponsor Glory Days of Gold. Keep up to date with all our community programmes through our Facebook and Twitter pages. There are classes available for every age and ability, from toddlers to walking football. Just search East Fife Community Football Club. Today's podcast is brought to you by John W. Gilbertson Limited, a small, friendly, family firm of solicitors based in Glenrothes, who specialise in buying and selling residential property, wills, powers of attorney and executory work. On your team, on your side, supporting you all the way to achieve your goals. Well, it is a football show after all. So thanks as always to East Five Community Football Club and John W. Gilbertson Solicitors out of Glenrothes, Supporting the podcast and the club all season long, very much appreciated and we look forward to working with them down the line next season as well. Because this season is nearly over. And I've got to say, this weekend, it's made me it's made me question my life choices and the teams that I support. Because East Fife relegated on Saturday. AFC Wimbledon all but relegated they're going to need a dramatic turnaround in the last three games to salvage their season. Vancouver Whitecaps, let's just be grateful that MLS doesn't have relegation because we would be going on our way out. I'm supporting three teams just now that are playing like shit. It's not the most fun time. I, I don't know how, how you guys are feeling about it all. Lee, I mean, you, you've got some some ups with some of your other teams, but it, it's... 
It's not been a great weekend in terms of results, but season-wise, it's not been a fantastic weekend to try and follow the team and keep upbeat on the show. No, um, the wife, it was funny because um, for the listeners that don't know, my wife's a wedding photographer and she was away out last night um, working and she was like, I'll not be home till later. Oh, that old excuse. Yeah. Um, So... She'd text saying, oh, that's fine. You'll have a time to calm down by the, the time I get home tonight. And to be honest, like, I, I seen Aaron after the game. And I was a bit like, well, you know, it, you, you see it coming. It still hurts. But I, th- I was kind of almost over it last night. I was a bit like, well, you know, I've seen this coming a mile off way back in May when teams around us were, were splashing big cash. I called it out then. That if we didn't invest, we were going to be left behind, and ultimately that's what's happened. So I'm at the stage now where I've just sort of accepted it. Um, I think for, I was the same. I when I woke up and I checked the score, I was like, ah, that's just down. I'd been expecting it. It's been coming for weeks. The form we've been in, there was never going to be any other outcome, really. I mean, Doug, you've watched the team for a a long time. I, I are you at a low point as a supporter? Um, I mean, yeah, but not, you know, I think we've been lower. Um, well, we've been a lot lower, actually. Mm. I mean, yeah, we, we could still like, be in the future. Oh, absolutely. No, I was exactly. champions 2022, 2023. Yeah, roll, roll <laughs> on. I, um, yeah, I, I wasn't, I don't actually think I had any emotion when we got relegated. We, we were relegated a long time ago, you know, the, the first. The first team I put on my coupon yesterday were Falkirk because their odds were pretty good and, you know, it was a guarantee, absolute guarantee. So, yeah, not that, not not bothered. Obviously, it's it's fairly devastating, but it was weeks ago. It wasn't it wasn't on Saturday. Yeah, I think I'm the same. I mean, Aaron, you're new to following the team. First relegation with the team. Not going to want to say that you're the jinx and that you brought it upon us, but... If he could just never come back, that would be great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think at this point, though, we need everyone we can possibly get. But, I mean, how, how are you feeling after seeing your first relegation with the team? I actually found it quite sad. I went home yesterday and I actually said to my wife and her family, just when I got in, just that I was looking around and you've always got the couple of negative Nancys who are calling for Crawford's head. But around you as well, you're looking around and... I know you guys have said a few times there's quite a agent support, shall we say. And, you know, some of them look quite demoralised and it was quite sad actually seeing that. And that's why I, I kind of hung around at the end and I made sure I did my bit to applaud the players off because I don't think anybody could actually say the players haven't tried. I don't think anybody could say the players haven't given their all in certainly yesterday's, yesterday's game. They just weren't good enough just weren't good enough and it was just a shame to, to see that happen but I think it's really important now that the fans stick together you look ahead to next year and I think Crawford needs to be given the time to put his imprint on the team over the summer because there is going to be player changes and it's now about looking forward and how you bounce back from what's been a pretty shitty season to be honest I think that sums it up perfectly like we haven't been good enough all all season and that's where we have fallen down and you get a game like yesterday where they were bright spots and they were probably the better team and they definitely had some of the better chances in the first half and they go behind against the the run of play but 
it has been coming for a while. It, it is tough to, to, to think about what might have been if everything had played out differently at the start of this season. I mean, we'll just never know. I, I thought from watching the, the highlights, which I've had to watch the Falkirk highlights because we're recording this uh, just after 12 o'clock my time, so it's like 8pm you guys' time on Sunday night and they're still not up on his five TV, so had to watch it from the, the Falkirk highlights and to their credit, they were very unbiased, said his five were the better team and that we, we felt hard done, done by. But watching it, it seemed a gloomy day, which I think was very fitting to, to go down on the season. And also Easter weekend, we've been crucified, but there's no coming back from the dead for us. Maybe next season. How long have you been waiting to get that in? Oh, I've already used it in my Whitecaps one that came out this weekend as well. So it's the good thing about having shitty teams. You can just use the same material twice. Did you play I Am The Resurrection on your Canadian show? I did. It's the introduction <laughs> to part three. <laughs> We've been friends for too long, Michael. Jesus Christ. Yeah, he gets a mention as well. Yeah. And the funny thing is, for anyone that doesn't know, one of the guys I do the show with, is actually a pastor, so he's like a religious guy. So he has to put up with all my jokes. He just he just takes them. Well, we'll delve into the game a little bit. Um, I've I've written notes as best as I could from the highlights. But who was at the game yesterday? So Lee, Aaron, you were both there. Yeah, Doug, were yeah. you there? Uh, no, I was in I was in the pub. And <laughs> I know Gordon had watched it on on the stream as well. The first half, it it felt that we played with a bit of a spring in our step. Maybe it's because we're playing free because we know that it's, it was basically over. But we had a couple of good chances early on. Connell had a volley that was saved. And then I think it was Newton that, that had a great one tipped over as well by Robbie Much. They, they were two good efforts. And it's it's some attacking spark that we haven't seen a lot of. But it does show that it's there. See, I would kind of almost disagree with that and without being negative, there were half chances. Like They, made, they certainly made the most of them. I mean, it wasn't yeah. clear-cut chances. It was two well-structured well shots. was about 25, 30 almost yards out and he's having to take a pop and it's, you know, I think he does definitely get ability and ambition mixed up at times, but like the, the, the long-range efforts and it's because there's nothing in terms of creativity in that midfield that he feels that he's up to try and take a shot because, in fact, I actually said it to Isla who I was sitting next to yesterday, I feel so sorry for Kyle Connell. I really, really do. Him signing a loan for us was probably going to be one of his biggest regrets of his career because it'll have done him no good whatsoever playing in this team. No. Yeah. Because he's he's had no service. I mean, how many times this season has he been a lone man up front and all that happens is he gets ragdolled by six foot five centre-halves kicked up and down the park, whereas he's probably better more in the box and, and getting chances played through him and balls that he can run onto rather than, you know, long hoof balls up the park that he's got to try and get ahead on to flick onto nobody. So I, I feel really sorry for Kyle Connell, but to, to answer your original question post-rant, um, a lot of the, the chances that we created yesterday were half chances. They, they weren't clear-cut ones, I would say. And probably the goalkeeper, I think, as well, made them look more dramatic because yeah. it was a couple of spectacular saves for the for the cameras. I mean, Aaron, you've got a guy like Connell who's come on loan from Killy, as as Lee says there, and 
Kelly fans who aren't watching the games are just going to look at his stats and think, oh, he can't even do it at this level. We don't want him around. Now, obviously, the club's going to be delving into it a lot more. But I jotted down some stats for this year. We've played 34 games, and we've been kept off the score sheet in 16 of those, 11 of them under Stevie Crawford's reign. And if you're a young striker trying to make it, it doesn't all fall on your shoulders when it's that bad. No, I, th- I think as well, I mean, I said that a few weeks ago when I was last on that I didn't like what Crawford was doing. I think the term I used was that he wasn't pissing too well the cock he had. I still stand by that. Um, I think even when Connell is isolated, which happens quite a lot. Although, to be fair, yesterday there was, I think Jack Keeley was playing a little bit closer to him. For me, though, Jack Keeley's not a striker. Maybe I've got that wrong, but as soon as he went wide right yesterday, suddenly he gets people one-on-one in a channel and he starts creating things, wins us a penalty, stands on up the back post. So there was an intent to try and play somebody closer to him yesterday. But again, a lot of the passes that we give to Kyle Connell are, are hung up in the air for him. And he's never going to win a header. I think he's the only guy I've seen jump and then duck his head as the ball comes toward his head. Um, if we're going to play up to him, we need to play him to his feet and then have runners off him. And for me, we don't have the runners off him. And that, I, again, I don't think that's a player's fault because it happens so often that it's almost like it's an instruction from the manager when they sit far too deep that he does become isolated and it's difficult to get up beside him. Uh, to be honest, though, one thing I said to Lee yesterday at the end of the game is that I didn't actually mind yesterday too much. You know, I, I felt like we actually tried to press in, in patches, we tried to press a little bit from the front and we haven't done that too often. And I think that's where some of our half chances came. And even then, sometimes from that press, we maybe won a corner and that's where our chances come. I think Higgins had a shot that maybe clipped the post. I've got that right in the first half. That comes from a corner, but we, we get that corner from, from a bit of pressure. So it, it's not just about the fact that we need to look at, like Lee was saying, having this player who can create from midfield and be more attacking, but... What do we do when we've not got the ball? Do we do what Crawford's done was from the time since he came in and we sit far too deep? Or do we push the high, the, the line a little bit higher, try and get the ball back in their half, make, make them make mistakes in their half and create off the back of that? And I felt in patches yesterday we tried that and we had a little bit of success. But again, I'm not saying we created any clear cut because we didn't. But there was a little bit more attacking intent yesterday. So I wasn't too despondent. I mean, Doug, you watched the, the first Crawford era and like Lee's spoken glowingly of it in the past. It, free-flowing football, it was a very attack-minded team. When Crawford got the job, a lot of Dunfermline fans said, oh, he's very defence-minded. So he's kind of really switched in his kind of mentality and how he seems to set up the teams. And yeah, he did in some regard help the the defence, but his record in charge so far, 19 games, two wins, six draws, 11 defeats. And you're looking at, at what he's done. 16 blank games, as I mentioned, 11 under him. The goal difference is absolutely horrendous. It's minus 37. We are 14 worse off than Dumbarton, who's the second worst in the division, and then 20 worse off from Clyde, who's the third worst in the division. It's absolutely shocking. So for a guy that's come here, he's helped a little bit, 
And I think we got an initial buzz that he was keeping the ball out the back of the net. But the last few games, we've been conceding a lot. I mean, I think I think the bottom line is he's probably not helped a little bit, really, when you break it down in terms of, you know, would we, would we have been any worse off keeping Darren, you know, than we are now? Probably not. Yeah, Crawford's first game, I loved it every game. Absolutely loved it. Even if we lost, it was great. 4-3, 3-2. At this level of football, I think, I think most fans would take that kind of entertainment at the time. And I just... Am I concerned about Crawford going forward? Yeah, getting that way. I mean, it's not... We, we've all said we, we, now's not the time to judge him. Absolutely. And, you, you know, once he gets his own players in, hopefully things will get a little bit more expansive. But I would really worry if that's the kind of tactical plan going into next season. I think um, to jump off the back of that, Doug, sorry, is that see, see if he sets us up a certain way and you win 1-0 every week. I would bite your hand off for that. Yeah. I'm okay with that. That's always but, my philosophy as well, because a lot of folk yeah. over here, it's always they want entertained. And I'm like, I don't care. 1-0 wins does me fine. But it's when you're not getting the 1-0 wins, it's not fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. We would, of course you would. You would take 1-0 wins every week. Um, but, like, you know, my disappointment really has been if you're going to go down, go down swinging, you know, that kind of saying, we absolutely have not. I mean, even yesterday, perfect. I mean, Falkirk were in dreadful form going into that game, you know, getting bloody pumped by Montrose, 6-0 to Queen's Park, whoever it was, almost on a weekly basis. And it's just that sort of thing where, oh, yeah, we create chances, we do a bit of this, but we'd never look like scoring. You know, the only goal coming from a penalty, not open play, it's been, it's been as weak and sort of nothingness a season as I can remember in a long time. I actually said yesterday that I think this season was my worst sport in these five. And uh, you get a lot of folks that go, oh, you know, you've seen us in the third division and stuff. But it's, it's not or, or what's now League Two, but it's not about that. It's it's having those wee moments to celebrate, you know. And I had to be looked back my figures and... This is the least amount of goals, I think, in my time supporting East Fife and the least amount of victories. And I, I do try to be positive, but there's not been an awful lot to be positive about this season. And on Crawford, I, I championed him for the role. Um, you know, I, And I do want to give him time to build his own squad, but there's some st- things that are starting to really worry me. And I wonder if I haven't noticed this yesterday. We'd made our three rounds of substitutions. And Jack Healy picks up an injury. He goes in with cramp. And we try to make a change. And Healy comes off the park. We send Cameron and Dow not on. And then Dow gets booked for entering the field to play with permission. Eastside Bench are still trying to get Dow to come on. And I must have shouted two or three times, we've made our round of three subs. That's done. The Falkirk commentators were talking a bit about that. At the at, towards the end of the video, and I didn't know what they were talking about because they didn't explain. I was like, "Huh?" Yeah. So basically, you can make five substitutions with yeah. three stoppages, and we'd done that. And I was a bit like, "Why are we still trying to bring on him when we've made our our three rounds of subs?" So when the chips are down, of... when the chips are down, Lee, you may as well fucking try and cheat. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm a <laughs> that is ingenuity from the management. Yeah. Well, I, like last night when I was recording the show here, I was 
championing a 3-1-4-1-2 formation until I realised that was actually 11 outfield players. But if we can sneak an extra player on, it's like, I'm, I'm all for that. They're still but... going down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'd, we'd have probably put on another bloody defensive midfielder, let's be honest. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I mean that, that sort of summed up the season for us um, yesterday. And I think, really, Aaron made a good point about Healy moving it to the wing and, and he did quite a good job. I've I'd sort of ch- championed him a couple of times to play centrally because that's where he played for his Sterling and scored a good few goals. So I was kind of hoping that that, that might have been the, the change for us. But, I mean, I'm actually going to just come and say it and I wasn't going to a bit, fuck it now. A few boys didn't turn up for the fight yesterday. Um, we, we had a lot of players out yesterday as well. Yeah. Which you, um, you start thinking... Do they just not have the stomach for it or genuinely yeah. injured? I mean, you don't want to call them out. I mean, we've got a, a load of players that are actually genuinely injured, and that's fine. Um, you know, I've seen Ross Davidson yesterday, and he's standing there watching on. You see um, Kev Smith carrying an injury there watching on, and these are boys that you're like, you want to what? You could probably manage to get out of coming the day the fact that you're injured. But where's Scott Gallagher? He's signed for next season. Why is he not watching? Um, Ryan Wallace signed for next season didn't see him yesterday I mean they could be sitting somewhere else in the stadium but they weren't sitting with the rest of the players um, but there's yeah there's a few boys I felt yesterday that that kind of phoned it in and you don't know if it's just like I well you know we're going to be down anyway I don't really want to risk getting an injury if I've got a chance of moving to another club in the summer and stuff for me honestly now we're down played under 20s to the end of the season I don't yep. care if we get beat 10-0 every week um, just give them all a chance, see what if they're going to be capable of doing it, um, give them a chance to, to test themselves at, at the highest level possible. And the, the players that are there, you know, if we're going to be moving them on or whatever, then just let them stay injury free to do that. If we're going to get a chance at a yeah. fee for some of the ones that are signed, then let them go. Anyone um, that's moving on or not going to be here next year should not be playing in these last two games. It's yeah. pointless. Yeah, it's completely futile. Get, get the young boys on and get them a chance to... To, to go and, and, and make a name for themselves. This season's done, totally done, officially done as of yesterday, but it has been for a while. Give the young boys a chance. I would agree with that to an extent, but I, I think you've got to be a little wary about shoving in loads of them at the same time. I don't mind it like Peterhead away because Peterhead, a bit like a team like Cove, for example, you know, you put the under 20s team and they could put double figures past you, which I wouldn't be great for. You know their morale, but definitely your guy. Your guys are on the bench at the moment. You would like to think who is it? Peterhead next week. Yep, yeah, Peter I tell Head. you what though, the boy Brogan Walls that came on yesterday, I was actually quite impressed with. Looks a tidy wee player actually. I'm quite glad that we've got him signed up. He looks tiny when we announced him because I've not watched much of under twenties and I thought, Jesus, we've we've signed another Hobbit in midfield. But he's actually quite a tall lad. And um, there's, there's a few really neat touches with him yesterday. But I'm going to actually ask the. Um, probably Aaron a question and maybe in Doug as well for, for boys that have watched this this season every time Jamie Semple comes on I think he makes a difference right he's, he's so direct and he picks the ball up and he runs at goal he's, he's not trying many shots for, for daft angles and stuff but neither Darren nor Craw must fancy him there must be a reason for that but I mean yesterday he came on and I thought he, he did make a difference yeah, I, I think he's also fairly physical as well in the sense that he could hold boys off as he dribbles. He's got a little bit of power behind him as he runs, which is something I don't think Kyle Connell's got, for example. When he goes up to Kyle Connell, 
he's got a bit of touch like a trampoline and it just comes back because he can't hold it up. Whereas Semple's got the ability to actually hold the ball up and turn and then get going at boys. And, and I think that was the point I tried to make a few weeks ago is that we do actually have players who can do that. They just aren't getting played. Now, you can look at it in terms of formation, you look at it in terms of strategy, but Jamie Semple, for me, he, he should be playing. He, he's, a, he's a player who you could put up top, and I think you could actually put it up to him at any height, by the way, because there was times it was come up at chest height yesterday, and he's killing it, and he's bringing other players into play. So, again, that's another concern I've got with Crawford. I raised a few the last time. I'm not going to go fully negative, um, although what I've seen yesterday with that, three subs, by the way, that... That was bizarre. Like to the point that, I mean, I'm a school teacher. See, see, one of our probationers did that in a in a Scottish Cup game or whatever, and we're having a wee word with them afterwards and saying, "Look, that's kind of embarrassing the school we were here that you're doing that." So for him to be doing that with East Fife in League One, it's quite embarrassing to be brutally honest with you. Um, I know it goes off topic a wee bit, but coming back to the game yesterday. I think when you look at it, it's just bits of quality that separated us. I mean, the first goal, I've not watched it back, so please correct me if I'm wrong, but really intricate link-up play, finishing at the top corner. Yeah, Defensively, I don't really think we did anything wrong with that. No, like goal, Morrison has a lovely little flick-up on the ball mm-hmm. so he can strike it as well, and that's the kind of quality that we have not seen much of, if at all, this season from our side. Yeah, you know, and, and the boy Telfer for the second goal, it's it's a worldie. Yeah. You know, like, again, defensively, we've done anything wrong. Not that I can remember. Third goal, you're just hitting the break. You know, you, you're chasing an equaliser. We almost get one right before it. I think Higgins has a header off the line, is it? Um, and they literally catch on the break. And again, it's a tidy finish. Cuts inside and finishes. So, you know, and, and again, yes, I, I can't really remember Jude making too many saves or being overly worked. So it's one of those games, again, where you're looking at it and you're thinking, with a different selection, with a different strategy, it's all ifs, ands and maybes, but there was nothing really in the game. There was nothing in it. And there's too many of them. It'd be different if we were getting absolute pumped 5-0 every week and we're miles off it, but I can't remember too many of them. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I just... I'm answering your question with a question, Lee, um, and I'm sorry this is, wasn't on the agenda, but what are people's thoughts on Crawford in terms of that? Because I've raised a few things. We, you've admitted your concerns are growing. Doug, you've said that your concerns are growing. Like, What are your concerns and what are your thoughts going into next season? Because I don't think he's proven that he's reliable in the transfer market either, and I'm just mentioning Ryan Blair there, by the way. So what's your thoughts? My, I mean, I, I'll take that first. My, my, I wasn't really a huge shout for Crawford to get the job, if I'm being honest, just because I don't, I don't think he's really done anything anywhere, really. I wouldn't say he's been a huge success as a manager. I might be wrong in that. Um, oh, no, he hasn't. Again, that might be, well, that, I mean, that goes back to the fact that nobody was interviewed, which we'll maybe talk about later, but that's a, a wee board failing there, of which there's several. Um so I'm, 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 yeah, I'm just worried about the fact that he's not got huge success as a manager. We're going into this first season down is huge to try and get back up. It's the same in like it's, it's. 
I'm going to liken us to the English Premiership. It's like going down from the Premiership that first season in the Championship. You, you know, a lot of teams do bounce back quickly because, you know, the, the the bigger fish in the wee are pond. But if we can get off to a good start next year, I, I would fancy us to win the league with the right signings, genuinely. But I don't know. I don't know. I honestly don't know. And I think my worry, which the other board issue for this season is we took too long to act uh, with Darren Young, is that, you know, will we suffer that same fate if things aren't going great? Is a worry. Lee, your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, look, I've said countless times in this show, and I'm sure our listeners will be banging their head off their car steering wheel or whatever objects in front of them when they're listening to this, but he needs to be given time to build his own squad. For me, he's got until Christmas... Um, or at least the first quarter of the games to, to show what he could do. Um, the fact that we didn't bring anybody in in January when everybody seen the, the issues that we were facing, um, he brings in another defensive midfielder in Ryan Blair. That budget should have gone to, to bringing a forward in. Um, even on loan, whatever, um, there's... Look, I, I want to back the, the manager in terms of Crawford. They should be given time to assemble his own squad, yeah, but I'm, I'm not. I'm not as as confident as I would have been, having seen some of our style of play, and it's it's difficult. Um, it really is difficult. I mean, some of the the subs that he's made. You know the fact that we're not scoring goals. You know, even for a while, he, he was, we were keeping shutouts. But I mean, they've dwindled. Um, there's one thing that really frustrates me, and this isn't just a Darren thing, by about a Stevie thing. It's a Darren thing as well. And if if you have a look at the teams that we've played, have a look at halftime. Now we've got Stevie, Greg McDonald, and Paul O'Connor. I think the other guy's name is um, in terms of coaching. At halftime, all three of them retreat in and our subs are left just zinging lazy passes about each other, standing around, just be tapping the ball. But why haven't we got one of those out there drilling our subs? And I know it's so basic, right? Not not literally drilling them, Doug, but I've seen that bemused look in your face. Um, I mean, that might be the halftime entertainment that we've craved since the BVB left. But I <laughs> think... I was thinking that that could be my role at East Fife, the halftime driller. Yes, <laughs> and I would pay to watch that, to be honest. But I mean, the, these, subs be, these subs should be getting warmed up properly and, and ready to, to come on instead of just, you know, some lazy passes about the, the half that we're on. And other teams that I'm watching, they've always got a coach out, you know, putting them through their paces, being at a pass and drill, being at runs, being at whatever. We just don't do that. Um, and... Even then, I watched Crawford and, and some of his shouts from the sidelines, you know, I think I heard them saying yesterday that it needs to be better. I'm pretty sure it does need to be better, aye, but he's only playing to his ability. Um, you know, whether it be just a couple of, like, we we claps, I'm like, right, that's not really doing anything. Like, I want to be seeing a little bit more direction coming from the bench. And I think it doesn't help how close I am to the bench where I sit as well, because I hear everything. And you know the, the game will be happening, and 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 Stevie and Greg and Paul will just go in a wee huddle and they'll just talk for five minutes. And I'm just a bit like, 
everybody can see here what we need to do. Quit talking about it and just do it. Because that five-minute conversation that you've just had is about us five minutes towards the end of the game. So I am starting to be concerned, but equally not enough that I'm just a bit like, let's let him build his own team, see what he assembles, and we go again. That's literally all we can do now is the season's over. I mean, we, we can't keep changing managers. That's the thing. But it has to be the right guy that's in charge. And I, I do have questions about Crawford. I'm obviously just watching highlights and it's harder to tell from that. But I don't know what our identity is. I don't know what our shape is. I don't know what we're trying to do. I don't know what kind of football we're trying to play. And it could be that he has this style in his head but he knows he doesn't have the players to do it. And this, as Doug said, this is a massive, massive close season. Next year, you look at League Two, and yet I'm expecting Bonnie Rigg or Fraserborough to probably come up, and they might have some money. We don't know. But it's a wide-open League Two. In the seasons to come, I don't know that it will be so wide-open because you're getting more ambitious, big-spending clubs that could be coming up. Next season is the season for us to go back up. And if we don't... I mean, you talked, Lee, about like Premiership, or Doug, Premiership to Championship. Look at Sunderland. They didn't go back up from League One right away when they went down, and they've been fucked. And it's like, we don't want to be that kind of club that is... We're not a big club anymore. I, I don't even think we can say that. But when you look at some of the other clubs in that division, I think to us, we think we're probably bigger than them. Michael, to your point, and I'm going to paraphrase Doug Perry here, which actually feels weird to even say that. I know. Actually, a bit disgusting. But we're probably where we should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of fans will disagree with me, and that's fine. You know, it's opinions are opinions. But, I mean, our budget for League, League One this year was probably twenty to £30,000 less than every other team. Minimum of that amount. I mean, if Dumbarton are comfortably playing players, you know, Greg Wilde will be on, you know, small cash. Buchanan and, um, what's the other, McGeever, you know, we tried to sign them for £350 a week and they got offered £500 a week at Dumbarton. So say, for example, they're playing every player between 100 and 150 pounds per week more than us, you know, that's 400 pound extra a mm-hmm. month per player. That's a lot of money. And is it the case that this season now, whether you, I mean, there was people around me blaming the board, people blame Dan Young, people blame Stephen Crawford. That's fine. You know, opinions are opinions. But, you know, this isn't a football manager. Unless you've got the money to invest in the right players or because I mean I'm sure you know I still believe that Darren Young is a competent manager right if he'd had the right amount of money I would be confident that we would have probably finished mid-table but we didn't have the money that everybody else wanted to spend and ultimately we finished probably where we should have finished in terms of budget mm-hmm. I mean we can either be a club that spends money and buys players we can either be a club that maybe develops our young guys, which just seems to be what they want to do, bring our young guys through. But we haven't done that this year. I think if we'd went down with a team of homegrowns and a team of young guys that we'd brought through from the under-20s and, and academy, 
fans would be like, well, at least we've built something, we've got a core, we can build on that going forward. But we haven't done that. We've had a bit of a mishmash of players that aren't at this level. We've been a League Two side playing in League One this year. Um, It's shown. And the fact that it's actually as close as it is, is a bit surprising. It's just because there's a couple of other teams that's been pretty poor down at, at the bottom as well. And like you look at Darren's record and he was in charge for 15 games and he took 11 points. Crawford's been in charge for 19 games and he's taken 12 points. So he's taken an extra point in four extra games. But Darren got an extra win out of that because we had a, a lot of draws in, under Crawford. So I, Darren built this team and Crawford took it over. But it goes back to what you were saying. You look at that January window and he's got contacts in the game or he should have. You, you can't tell me that there wasn't players that we couldn't have got in. I mean, he brings in Pollock, who, by all accounts, look, he does look like a decent wee player. Didn't have the greatest game yesterday, but, you know, does look a decent player. Brings in Leo Watson, again, decent player, but both are under 20, right? And then he brings in Ryan Blair and look the way, the, you know, better said about that, the, the better. Um, to be honest, I don't, I can't, don't have the, the mental energy to go into that conversation again. So... I'd imagine the, the two signings we got for Hearts are probably free gratis. So we've, we've brought in Ryan Blair, but equally we've shipped out Liam Watt. So probably the wages there are, are potentially like for like. So we haven't strengthened in January. And when we had Liam on, you know, even in January, it's like we don't have a, a contingency plan for for going down. Yeah. That really That, that really still rankles me. me that that chat we had with Liam but it's like no we haven't even thought about that well you, you should be as a board you should yeah. be planning for all eventualities and I know it's early in the season but the writing was very very much on the wall yeah and you know if, I think we have said at the time we're working on bringing some other players in and, and whether that happened it, it didn't happen and it's just it's just at the point now where we're just a bit like well we can't change anything now so we could look back and see if buts maybe, you know, what if Ryan, Mark McGuigan didn't get injured? What if Ryan Wallace hadn't worked out? What if, you know, X amount of players didn't get, you know, what if Shoot Murder hadn't been injured? What if Ross Davidson hadn't been injured? That's fine. But ultimately the squad that we assembled in terms of all 20-odd players weren't good enough to keep us in this division. And we got our medicine. We were the worst team in the league. And there's times that we've said, oh, you know, I've, I've even personally said that, I think we're a better team than Clyde, or I think we're a better team than Peterhead, or I think we're a better team, but we're not. No. We're shite, and we deserve to go down. I think one of the most frustrating things for me is, you look back, and we were chatting a little bit about this before we recorded, March 12th, we beat Dumbarton 2-0 at Bayview, we get ourselves right back in it. And then the five games since then, we've taken no points, we've scored one goal, Dumbarton have taken five points. Nothing flashy, but they got points here and there. They picked it up. Because, Lee, you were like, I, I don't see Dumbarton getting another win for the end of the season. They got one, but they picked up a couple of draws as well. And that's what you do to, to keep yourself safe. Yeah, they're still now going to be in a in the playoff relegation battle, possibly. But we got ourselves back into it and then shot the bed. And I don't know what you guys put that down to. That's frustrating for me because we just got so close to it. But we, uh, I I think 
that that was just a little tease for me. Dumbarton were awful that day, like really, really awful. Probably the worst League One team performance I can think of. And I think it just teased us. And after that, we just, oh, it's so boring to keep saying we just, we don't have quality and the, the players that could then turn that situation into a, you know, positive one. I just, as I say, I just think it teased us and we, we were pissed really, 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 really bad. Well, Maybe we've, we... not, we've not looked like winning any of those games, no. really. I think, I see, there's elements of that there, but I, I'm going to say an arse here, but for me, that's on Crawford. I, I, I think those two games, it's the two games immediately after Dumbarton. It's Clyde and it's Alloa. You look at those and you think, we could get four points here. And it's really game on, like really game on. And we went out with Olympia. We'd done unusual in terms of being set up to be far too defensive. We sat back in our own half. We didn't go and take the game by the scruff of the neck. We didn't try and make things happen. We weren't proactive, we were reactive. And before you know it, you're done. You're getting beat. And the one thing that concerns me is that we don't have a plan B. See when a team goes one up against us and you're watching it, and Crawford's got us sitting so far deep. There was a time yesterday, 2-0, and I know we got a penalty. We got a penalty because of a bit individual brilliance the boy taking a man on and winning it nothing structural but there was times yesterday when it goes to 2-0 and there's like a 20 yard gap between our defenders and midfielders as we go chasing the ball so it's like the defenders are staying deep but the midfielders and attackers are trying to win the ball back so you're not pressing as a unit so there's there's concerns there for me in terms of we were set up wrong for those two games they were games where it was do or die go down swinging punches if you need to and we were far too reactive, we were far too negative. And as Lee said, we've got our medicine. You've got your medicine. You've got to be brave in those types of games. They're all or nothing. And it wasn't Falkirk yesterday that put us down. It was those two games that put us yeah. down. The Clyde game was a massive one for me. The, the Clyde game on the, the back of the win at Dumbarton, we should have rode the crest to a wave and we should have just... Because Clyde aren't they a good side, right? They're not. And nobody will convince me they're a good team. Regardless of their league position, they're not a good side. And we couldn't have a go at some fairly average League One players in Matt Dockery and Johnny Page, right? We couldn't make anything out of them. And I think after that game, I was like, that's that's us done. Because we, we should have gone on to beat them and didn't. Because there was two or three times this season, though, we all talked about, right, we've got these three games coming up, and these are huge. And I think it was the previous set of those where we drew both, like, nil-nil at home. And that, for me, was the ones that... They, they, it was another momentum one, and you just lose it all. And then, obviously, same again with that. Like you're saying, Clyde away, you're like, surely, finally, we can get one over Clyde because they're average at best. And, I mean, that game wasn't even close, really, was it, at Broadwood? Which is, yeah. I think it also says a lot. Like Dumbarton were poor, as you see, in that game that we won, but that that gave them a fright, and it's then how they responded, and they haven't been playing great, but they've taken points, so they responded by shit. We we could be in real trouble here, whereas we seem to respond by okay, we've got ourselves close, and then that's as far as we could go. Well, I, Del- I don't just very quickly, Michael. I, we also can't just completely say, you know, Crawford's 
been at fault. That the players no. have got to look at themselves as well, massively. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, defensively, it's the same defenders who are maybe a bit or better organised under Crawford than they were under Darren Young. It's the same players that were shipping four goals a game, and as in, you lose a goal and then we'll lose three because they've just chucked it defensively. You know, so these guys, the bottom line is, yes, they're probably not quite good enough at this level, but they've got to take a look at themselves as well. Yeah. See, uh, the point that you finished on there is, is kind of where I sit. I just don't think they're good enough. And, you know, yeah. Chris Higgins, you know, has had a, a decent season. But, you know, the legs aren't fully there anymore. Um, Scott Mercer's a player that I've, I've, again, I've tried to defend. You know, I I don't think that he's good enough for, for League One football. Aaron Steele's a player that I think has got loads of potential. And I think that having something, you know, he kind of reminds me of Johnny Smart and... Um, and that he's had somebody like Chris Higgins talking him through games, which I think will be massive for him. And I think that we could potentially see a, a very good player there because he's got all the workings or makings of a very good defender in, in World League football. I don't think he'll want to play you know, top level, but I definitely think with the right personal alongside him, he could play championship in, in the, the years to come. And then, well, the Falkirk commentators were speaking very highly of Steele yesterday, especially in the opening stages of the game. I think he'll. I genuinely think he'll go to a bigger club, and I said the same about Jude Smith as well. I, th- I think yeah. that he'll go to to decent sized um, championship teams. You know, you're looking at, at Airdrie or Cove. They would probably be thinking, "Here, we could go and get him, and and he could be a good addition to our squad." Um, if they go up or somebody like a Dunfermline for Aaron Steele, where I think he would probably go and do quite well, or an Air United or a Greenock Morton. You know, these sort of types of clubs, you, you could probably see them going and playing quite well. I mean, looking at Stuart Murdoch could could still easily play in a a top-level League One side, no problem. Um, You know, he just oozes class. Um, His his work probably is going to keep keep him down a level, which can benefit us at least. Yeah, and I I think, I I don't know why, but I get the impression Murdoch loves the club. You know what I mean? I think that we've stuck by him and, and we've taken him back a good few times when he's he's gone back up to Dundee United or to Falkirk and stuff and we've always brought him back so there's, there's probably a, a sense of familiarity with him um, but I mean really like having boys like Pat Slattery not good enough um, filling in at left back you know we've, we've had the likes of Danny Denham having to fill in at left back you know we've changed our back line so many times this season just making a change and again I, I go to that football manager analogy you know your players are injured and you're trying to shoehorn players into positions that they don't fit just because you've not got anything else to play that position you know so I don't think that there's any need to dwell on this season anymore no we, we didn't we didn't we don't have the budget we don't have the players and you know circle of life we're down and yep. next season we could get a chance to, to go at it again well, we're, we're not going to delve too much more into this season. I'm going to do a, a little fun thing with you guys in a sec. But let, let's just round up the game for the housekeeping, just for Gordon to update his spreadsheet. He loves doing that. Your three two ones for yesterday. I guess it's just going to be probably Lee and Aaron that will be doing this one. Um, I'll go first because I've realised that I had to get Aaron on at last minute and he's probably not organised for that. So I'll give my chance to, to get that sorted. I've given my three points to Murdo yesterday. Um... I thought he was very calm on the ball. He, he, one thing I love about Murdo is he never shirks a challenge. He, he'll get stuck right in. You know, even considering the injuries and stuff he's got, the fact that he's a, a policeman, 
Um, and he, you don't see him, you know, stressing about his work the next day. He'll still give you his all, and I love that about him. Um, two points to Kyle Connell, and to be honest, I've given him the points just because he tried so hard. <laughs> I really did. And a point for Liam Newton, who just ran himself into the ground. I don't think that there was really much more to, to sort of shout about yesterday, to be honest, but those were the players that, that get the points for me. Yeah, I've got um just thing about there. I, for me, I actually I would have Liam as, as three points. Uh, nothing flashy. He actually gave the ball away a couple of times, but what I liked about him was when he gave it away, he ran and he tried to win it back. He actually worked hard throughout the game. Um done his job to the best of his ability. So for me to get three, two, I really am scratching the surface here, but two I'm going to give to young Jack. I just felt as soon as he went out wide right, you're talking for literally eight minutes. But as soon as he went out wide right, we suddenly started to look like we had an avenue into the box. When there's a penalty, there's one right after it, gets by his man, stands one up, get a corner out of it. Just basically for attacking intent. So he would get two for me. And then the final one I actually gave to Semple just for the fact that he's came on, he's made a difference. Um, I, I get the point about Kyle Connell working his bollocks off and trying his hardest, but I think Jamie Semple gives you more in the short period of time he was on than Kyle did the whole game um, that he was on. Um, so Jamie Semple gets my final point just for making a difference when he came on. I, I do like Semple, just going back to the chat we had earlier. I, I, I think he could be utilised a lot more and it's kind of baffled me kind of why he's not, but we don't know what they're seeing in training or, or whatever. Looking at, around League One yesterday, it's it's kind of a bit cut and dried as to, to what's going to be happening now for the, the rest of the season. So Peter Head picked up a, a 2-1 win yesterday against Queen's Park and that's made them safe. So we know that we're down. Dumbarton now, with two games to go, they're in their, their relegation stroke promotion playoff where, with the teams in League 2. We'll come to that in a sec. Cove are all but champions. They they just need two points to kind of sew it up. And then we're going to be looking at Airdrie against Montrose, most likely, and then Queen's Park against whoever from, from the championship. Looking at League 2... Obviously, Kelty's gone up, and Annan and Forfer is going to play off in the playoff semi-finals, and then it's a battle down to the wire between Edinburgh City and Stenhouse Muir for the the right to play Dumbarton. Looking at those five teams: Annan, Forfer, Edinburgh City, Stenny, and uh, Dumbarton. Who do you want to be in League One next year? Is there any of these teams that you don't want us to be facing next year? Or do you not really care? Um, probably don't overly care. There's a wee bit of me thinks that Dumbarton can't be worse than they are now, and I would worry that they might, you know, be able to wrangle a decent team together next year. So maybe stay up. Forfer is one of these. We just we just had those seasons where we played Forfer 400 times a season, but it's my favourite away ground in Scotland. So I kind of would like to play them next year, but I think. Yeah, for some reason, I think I'd, I'd want Dunbarton to stay up. I think I'm with you in that as well, because I think they would be strong next year. A trip to Annan, I've never been. Obviously, I probably won't be going. That would be fantastic. I think, Wasn't for that. 
if you look though, and we were having a little chat about this in our in our group yesterday, you look at the cost for the club. You've got away trips to Annan, Stranraer, Elgin, maybe even Fraserburgh as well. That's a lot of money for the club to be shelling out as well. But fun well, don't days get relegated for fans. Very true. I'm mean, also got money in the bank, so it's fine. I I um I can very much vouch that Annan away is a great trip. We did it. We did it whenever we were last down there. Um, great. We did a wee overnight in Annan. It's, yeah, some good pubs and the grounds, bro. The social club's really good there, actually. I am buzzing for that. There's a few of the grounds that I've, I've not been to yet. So I'll be able, like, I quite like going to try, try to go to every ground. Um, so really looking forward to, to that. Um, and even like a, if, if Edinburgh City keep their Friday nights games up, I'll be. Finish work at five, hopping the train through to, to Edinburgh, a few jars, last train home. That'll be good. So try to find the positives for for next season. But yeah, there's a, there's a few decent games um, potentially. I hope them back and stay up because I detest going there. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's one of the few away games that I actually refuse to go to. Um, so the last few but. times I went there before I moved, I went the more scenic route. So it takes a bit longer, but you're you're skipping the the MA and you're going a it's just a it's a lovely drive if it's a nice sunny day. So you've got that, but yeah, it's a here if I a way to go, which is weird because it's shorter than some of the other ones. I, I was hearing rumours actually that we plan to put our ticket prices up next season, which um, I I said that that was going to happen. But that scares me. I know, but here's here's where I'll probably get Lee always sticks up for the board chance. But I mean, the cost of living's gone up, right? So the club are now obviously going to be paying more for the sort of regular stuff. We pay more for gas, electricity, and stuff. And if we want a more successful team in the park, where's that? Where do we bring that money in? Now we've got to do a bit better commercially. That's a fact. You know, we need to try and get that. Um, hospitality suite rammed every week you know the tired boards that are around on the walls that I'm sure that I'm not sure that everyone of them paid for theirs this season um, I noticed a few gaps be, yesterday as well which is obviously yeah. concerning so I mean they should be wall to the wall full um, as, as much as possible and doing more um, to, to bring as much cash as we can at the club but it's as it's a difficult decision for the board. It's £2, right? So you think about that. That's actually not that much. Granted, the, 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 we're going to be dropping down a level. It's Say there's, what, 16 games at home? 16 away, is that right? It would be 18. 18. 18. So talking an extra 36 quid um, over the course of the season. But to a lot of people, that that may be a step too far. A lot of folk might chuck it at that. Mm-hmm. So it's do they... Put, you know, do they put it up and hope that people just pay it? The die has pay it. Like I know I will. I'll just be like, fine. If, if, if that's what it's going to be, it's what it's going to be. But you might get a lot, a lot of people that might go, nah, I'm not going to pay it. I think your problem with that, Lee, uh, seventeen quid to watch the third division of Scotland's embarrassing. If you ask me, uh, you know, when, when you can, yeah. when you can go to a bloody German game for fifteen euros and watch the top flight, you know, I think that's embarrassing. What? It's very ballsy to do it when you've been relegated. I probably wouldn't have a problem if we'd stayed up. In fact, I wouldn't have a problem if we'd stayed up and it was 17. That wouldn't bother me. What we don't want to do, you've got to base it on what other clubs at that level are, are charging. And if they're all like 12, 13 quid and suddenly we are 17, you don't want to come into that realm of, you know, 
I remember Airdrie those charge you more than everyone else and four quid to park your car. It's just that sort of big boy attitude about it. I, I don't know. It doesn't sit well with me, to be totally honest. And it will, it will put people off. Because even if it, I'm guessing if it, you know, if it's two pound up for adults, it's probably going to be the same for parent and child. Probably going to be the same for concessions. I think they've got to be very careful. After a terrible, terrible season, it's a bit of a slap in the face. I think. I think what concerns me is that I've heard you guys speak on the podcast before about trying to almost rejuvenate, for a better term, the support. You know, in terms of getting a younger support in as well. Um, now that doesn't I think when everybody thinks of younger support people just think about school kids younger support could be between 18 and 30 you know club 18 and 30 that's never going to happen but it's not necessarily just school kids so if you've got a club like ours who have been relegated rock bottom and you look at the results and it's like you guys have said before see if you look at the results and you're saying 4-3 5-4 3-2 Go, games with goals and it games with entertainment you know then it maybe looks all right but you're looking at the results at home you're like no 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 one no three no two you know you pay for what you get mm-hmm. you know and that's the way the world works so there has to be some reality there as well and don't get me wrong we like you I'll pay but whatever I've got to pay I'll pay it don't really care I'll pay it and that's me I'll, I'll be there but they need more in terms of support. Like you guys have said several times, I mean, I mean, my granddad was one of them, the amount of minutes of pauses we've had at the ground this year, it needs, you need to recycle that support. Yeah. And putting the price up, and, you know, I, I went to um, a, a, a man, we, we go to Man City trips, and this going to sound awful, so I'm an eight fan, but with the school, and kids are being charged £8 a ticket to go and watch Man City play in the Premier League. Eight pound to go and match watch Man City play in the Champions. Ah, it's, diff- it's difficult. They're, they're I, getting I, millions for Sky. I know. You I know. know. Um, what I'm trying to say though is that if people aren't going to look at the the in depth analysis of that, people aren't, people are just going to look at face value price. Yeah. People are going to make comparisons and they're going to say, "Hold on," you know. So it just concerns me that people are. I, I think people get turned off by that. I really do. I mean, if you're under, under, an, an under sorry. 16 season ticket's 40 quid. He's five. So just, just now, just now, say it goes up to 50 quid or 60 quid. It is, is, is still very, very cheap. Uh, so I don't think that the board could be chastised for that. It's, it's actually bringing them in and getting them into the game. And, you know, the, but the, Lee, Lee Arm's totally right about the 18 to 30 because, th- yeah. Your yeah. kid, your kids at twelve year old are not going to come along and watch his five. Apt, you yeah. might get a few, but very, very few, because it's a changed world from when we were young. And, and they, they need an adult to bring them along as well. Yeah. But, but what 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 do eighteen thirty to thirty year old men have in going for them is that they'll then start having kids. So if yeah. they're the ones going to football, and then they they have kids. They take their kids. That's how you get fans going. Well, that's not get... true. In metal, they're probably about twelve. I know you're right, uh, <laughs> granddad. Thirty, but you know what I mean. You're 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 not going to build a support if you're basing it on trying to get twelve-year-old kids no. coming through the turnstile because it won't happen. But do you look at that is actually group? partnership with like a a society in Kirkcaldy, you know, something like that, and be like, but I tell you what, 
You can come to a game at East Fife, get hospitality, all-day session, and you get discount admitted to to society and we'll put a bus on or something like that and, and try and, you know, feed into the drinking culture in Scotland because that's, that's what's massive. Because our social club isn't inviting for an 18-year-old. You know, we didn't have the games on before. the. Uh, the I don't think we, we broadcast the matches or anything like that anymore. Um, so there's, there's no... Oh, do we not? Because that's, that's so. a big, big lost revenue, you'd think. Yeah, and like there's not really many bars around locally, so they can't go for a few jars unless they're going to the Brig Tavern, the like, you know, old man's pub, or they're in uh, leaving and then they've got a decent wee walk in. So there's not much in the surrounding area to to really bring them in. So it might be a worthwhile option exploring, you know, even if it is agenda or anything like that, and leaving and just being like, right, okay, we'll put on a free shuttle bus to leaving town centre, trial it for the start of the season, you know, but Lee, Lee, and bring them in. Um, I'm sick fed up us coming up with ideas like this and little thoughts and this is what we're doing. We're not the ones that should be doing it. The board of directors need to get their finger out and start doing something about these sort of things. Well, they need they younger a, blood in there. It's like that's the problem. A, they made a complete arse this year. Them. Complete arse this year. The, the, the dilly-dallied decisions have thought, oh, we'll be fine, don't worry, we'll stay up, we'll stay up, we'll stay up, we'll stay up. Don't, don't be so fucking blind and go, oh, we'll stay up. We've got relegated a lot down to them. Obviously, what's on the park and who's managed this hasn't helped, but they've made an absolute arse this season. We, we talked about the whole, you know, commercial director guy going months and months and months ago, I'm going to hospitality, there's nobody there. Why is there nobody there? Oh, COVID. Fuck COVID. Get your finger out and get someone in, in there who's going to bring money into the club because it's waiting and waiting and waiting on how do we solve it? We'll stick the prices up by £2 again. It's not fucking good enough. Aaron, what were you going to say there? It was tying in with, I think we maybe have asked you this before in a private message, but you look at all the boards around the UK now, in fact, the world, and, you know, the world's changing. There's a lot of fan representation on the board. What is the state of play with that? Well, you maybe have told me and I've maybe forgotten. What is the state of play with All the border fans. I would probably go as far as saying, but I think that in terms of affiliation, Stephen Mill um, is East Fife Sports Trust, Trust representative on the board. It used to be Eugene Clark, um, but I think it's been Stephen now for, for a number of years. But I, I, don't, I don't think it's an issue having fans on the board. You know, I think everybody at the club, and I've said it before, they do have the best interest of the club at heart. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think we could say that. Let, let's also be honest and let's just call a spare a spade. The East Five Supporters Trust are a non-entity just now. And I say that as one of the guys that helped set it up. But they, for years, have not been relevant to, to this club. And I didn't know they existed. Yeah, see, there you that's, go. That's the first thing you hear of them. Yeah, they, they, they were massive in ousting Derek Brown. Um, out of the club who's way before your time we're going back 18 years 17, 18 years Aaron is like when they were really really active Um, the ranking situation hasn't helped that there's a there's a total disillusionment with you know the potential of new owners and all that so it's kind of that sucked the life out a lot of that yeah I mean going back to Aaron's point about 18 to 30 that is the age group we need to target because if like you you two guys are a lot younger than, than me. Doug's kind of in between. Look look back to your 18 to 30, what you wanted to do at the weekend on a Saturday night. So many of that age group can just hop on the train to Newcastle, take in a premiership game 
and have a night out in Newcastle. And it's it's a hard sell, even if what like what you're suggesting Lee's great, but if they start weighing up the costs, it might be like, ah, oh, you know, I could go to Edinburgh or Glasgow or Newcastle instead and see all that. And it's 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 a tough sell. And also you've got if it's a three o'clock kickoff, I mean I'm not shooting down your idea, but does a club like Agenda want somebody that's been out drinking from maybe twelve in the afternoon, taking on a game of football, drinking? And then turning yeah. up at their club at like 9, 10, 11 o'clock it, at night. You know, I, I'm an ideas man, Michael, not for practicality. I'm sure yeah. my wife will confirm that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just trying to think outside the box. And that's, well, that's what we exactly what we need to do. Yeah. So we just need to try something. You know, I, I think that we're very guilty of how we did that once and it didn't work. Right, yeah. Fine. I, I would like us to have an open meeting over the summer um, that... Even It could even be by Zoom. It doesn't even have to be in person. Just so people... Because there's a lot of fans around the world of East Fife. So that people can just put suggestions to the board as to, we'd like to see this, or just brainstorming. I mean, I hate brainstorming sessions at work. I always have. But it, you get good things out of it every now and again. And that's what this club needs to do just now. We need to reinvent ourselves. We need to rejuvenate ourselves, as Aaron said. We have to be East Fife. 3.0, 4.0, whatever the hell you would want to call it now, we have to be a different team in League 2 than we are just now. But let's look a little bit ahead, because let's just finish the show up by playing a little game. It's a game that a lot of people will know. Let's play Blankety Blank. So let's play blankety blank. There's no checkbook and pen up for grabs unless Lee wants to. He's got a pen. He's also I fading hope. into the background. He's like ahead from the Bohemian Rhapsody video right now. But is this the real life? No, um, I've no, got a very sore head. So I'm just keeping the lights off. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we're gonna go round. I've got eight questions for you, and I want you guys to fill in the blanks. Now, I, I'm gonna. We'll, we'll each start with two. So we'll, we'll start with, let's start with Doug, because he's at least seen the show. So we'll start with Doug for the first one. So I'm going to give you a phrase or a sentence with a blank in it. And I want you to fill in the blank. Now, you with might want to... To be fair, a good host of a game show would ask like a couple of wee personal questions, little quips about our contestants. I'm getting so to that. What... I'm just explaining the game first. Sorry, okay. Sorry. I, I... Both, Doug. I've got something I'm going to do when Gordon's back in the show, but I'm going to wait till you're both on because I found some old pictures of you two from your your bastards days. So we'll, we'll share some of that, which will be great podcast listening. It's what, what I love to do on, on podcasts, visual jokes. So I'll, I'll give you a, a phrase or a sentence. And if you want to say the same thing as someone else, that's fine. But I just want to have some talking points going about it. So let, let's bring in our first contestant, Doug. So, Doug, uh, how are you? What, what do you do for a living? Hi there. I'm Doug. Uh, I'm a golf caddy at Kings Barnes Golf in Scotland. Hi, Mum. He's waving. I've been watching a lot of bullseye repeats on Challenge at the moment. So I, I'm going to channel my Jim Bowen into this. My wife, Caitlin, has been watching it and is just... It's, it's awful. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to your Jim Savile. What? Oh, I haven't seen the new Netflix documentary oh. on that yet. I, I, I can't I bring mean, myself to watch it. 
I watched. I'm, I don't want to watch it. Uh, it's this is a huge side. It's horrific. Oh, is I it? mean, worth watching if you know if you're from that era. It's horrendous. But carry on. I I watched the Discovery Plus. I think it was had one last month. So I watched that, and yeah. This is very weird, blankety blank. Yeah, yeah well, I'm sure Michael will cut this out. No, uh, <laughs> no editing of this show. In all, I came in all happy, waving the mum, and you immediately went, so talk to us about this horrible paedophile. <laughs> I don't know, you just seem to bring that memory back to me. I don't know what it is. It could be the bald head and the beard that's just bringing some stuff back. It's all your fault for wanting to have some banter. Don't banter. Let's just get Sorry. into the blanks. So, your first thing, Doug, and we'll, we'll each do our answer to this. For I've got eight of these. I might cut them out because we're going longer than I thought already. So, Doug, blank season. What word comes to mind for you? Depressing. Mm. Lee? Horrendous. Aaron? Bash. Frustrating. The teacher gave the most brutal answer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting open my mouth. The saw this and that just fresh. As PE uh, though, it's not English. To be fair, I, I was I was thinking shite, but I went I went something a wee bit better. Yeah. I just said frustrating. I was going to go with ill prepared, but that might be a little harsh because some things went awry at the start of the season. But it's just been frustrating, and for me, it's frustrating just because of the. I think we haven't reacted well to the setbacks that we've got and the situation that we found ourselves in. And for me, that is, is just frustrating. To be at the end of it, still close-ish to at least giving ourselves a chance it is another frustrating aspect. So, Lee, the re- most of these are going to be sentences after this one. So here's yours. What this team needs most is a blank. I was going to say euthanised, but that'd be really hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've taken this dark. Um, oh, that's a joke, obviously. Um, rejuvenation. Oh, you're taking Aaron's words now as well. So, Aaron, what this team needs most is a blank. Creativity. I'm going to just go a plain old goal scorer we badly need somebody that can put the ball in the pokey uh, which kind of semi steals mine but I'm going to go for a left back this is 2022 dog it's not 2019 <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> yeah it's the same thing it's, I, I'd initially written down a major overhaul but it kind of needs that as well. So, Aaron, let's start with your one then. Blank has been the bright spot of this season. And that could be a person, an event, just an activity, just overall, just the joy that going to Bayview brings you. So, blank has been the bright spot of this season for you. As daft as this sounds, discovering East Fife has been my bright spot. That's good. I like that. This is why it's good to not just have wizened old hacks that's been through this for so long. We're bringing some hope to to the show, and we I think we do need that. For me, the end has been the bright spot of the season. I've wanted this to come for weeks and months, just so that we can look forward. 
because whilst it's been hanging around like a, bl a bad smell, you've still had that hope and that's what's killed us. Doug, what's been the bright spot for you this season? I mean, that was going to be what I was going to say, to be totally honest with you, it was Saturday and the confirmation. Um, I'm going to go for Falkirk away, the young team with their drum, drums singing great songs about Lee Griffiths, which just amused me. But there's something, there is something nice about just that little section of guys that aren't willing to just chuck it after, hopefully, you know, after a really terrible season. So they'll be, they, these sort of guys are quite key to, to the club, I think. But yeah, that's very really, much. that's really big. My real answer is that it was yesterday's result. Lee, your bright spot this season. The fielding of youth players. Has there been enough of that for you? You've got to give the club and Crawford credit if you think about Liam Newton, um, Jack Keeley, Mikey Cunningham, Brogan Walls. That's four off the top of my head. I'm sure there's, you know, even even if they're not ours, Leo Watson, Finley Pollock, you know, we're, we, we, we brought um, Jude Smith, Aaron Steele, still young players, you know, and like I've said already, I think that Smith and, and Steele in, in particular are, are two that have got a decent future in the game. So, you know, I, I like players like that, that we could have, you know, if you think of Jason Kerr from a few years back, you know, he's playing at a decent level now and you're like, oh, you know, saw him when he was a young lad. Yeah. At, at he's Fife and he's going to have a good career. And I think that those two are probably the ones that, that could do that. And to be honest, that's scraping the barrel for an answer. So. I think... It, it, that's one of the best things about supporting a club like East Fife. Yeah, if you win some championships along the way, that's always nice. But if you can see one of your young guys come through your club and then move on to bigger and better things, I was lucky enough to see that with Gordon Jury back in the day. And to see him as a young 18-year-old scoring goals for, for East Fife and then going on to have the career he had, you're like, oh, I remember watching him. I've spoken before in the show, like seeing Alfonso Davies get his start here and then see the player that he's come on to be. It, just, it fills you with a warmth that that's what clubs like us should be about. And for too long, as we've talked about in previous shows, we just haven't developed these guys. And the guys that have kind of moved on is guys that we've had on loan, really, from other clubs. One, one thing I'd like to add in sorry. there is that I've, I've seen... I've, I've been speaking a lot with Tony McMahon lately, just the possible roles that I can maybe have with East Fife and community. And... The maybe this existed before, I don't know, but the project that they've got there is very forward thinking, it's very expansive. Yeah, um, you know, they have got partnerships with five active schools where they're going out primary and secondary schools for curricular and extracurricular clubs. Um, they have got Bayview filled most nights of the week with young ones coming up for coaching. They are looking at a coach education programme um, that I will hopefully be a part of. And, you know, you look at under-20s on a Friday night. So th there is a pathway starting to be built from a very young age for boys and girls um, right the way up to the under-20s. And so long as it continues the growth that it's got, I think that's something that has to be a bright spot as well because... yeah. That's longevity, that's sustainability, 
And as long as the coaching's good, you're going to have players come out of that. I mean, if I, if I want to be a more positive bright spot, I think the under-20s, especially the last couple of weeks and months, they've been putting in some great performances and getting some good results as well. So that is a bright spot for the future. And that's what this club needs to be. We have to be a community club. And it's easy saying that, but you have to have the community feel that they want you in their community. And I think for, for all Kelties criticism that you can level at them for the fact that they've been spending money they've got the local community really on their side and it helps when it's a winning team obviously but they do a lot of good work in the community so my one that we'll kick off with and we've touched a little bit on it is this could get some interesting tangents I'm interested to see where you'll take this one Stevie Crawford is blank and I'm going to go with not the man we needed for a relegation fight because he's no experience in that. And I think it's kind of shown in the the last couple of months. I don't know who would have been the guy, but when you're down on your luck like that, I think you need somebody that has been there and knows how to get you out of it. Sam Allardyce. Yeah. Big Sam for Bayview. Doug, you can take this any way you want. Stevie Crawford is blank. I, kind of, I actually kind of like Stevie Crawford is blank. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it just had a nice ring. Um, Stevie Crawford's uh, East Five games usually finish as a blank. Yeah, I know. Um, oh, I'm going to say Stevie Crawford is likable. Yeah, I don't know. There's, he's a guy that you want to do quite well. I think just by interviews and the way he talks, I kind of you kind of want him to do well. I don't know whether he's necessarily going to, but I don't know. He seems like a good guy. We'll go with that. Lee, Stevie Crawford is a football manager. Am <laughs> 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 I wrong? Um, well, there's a debate. <laughs> Time will tell. Stevie Crawford is the right manager, wrong time. Oh, interesting. Aaron, Stevie Crawford is blank. Um, Stevie Crawford is confusing. And the reason I say confusing is the fact that I'm, as we alluded before, previously big on Manchester United, but we even given managers time. You know, I probably annoyed a lot of people how much time I wanted Solskjaer to get, probably beyond what he should have got, although you look at now, he'd done better than what everybody gave him credit for. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I look back at Sir Alex Ferguson being given six, five, six years before he ended up winning a trophy. I, I think he should be given time. I just have some serious question marks about whether he's earned the right to have that time. So for me, he's confusing. That's a, that's a very good answer. Some of his team... Selections and tactics I've certainly found confusing. Now, I, I've i rejigged this because I want Doug to start off with this one. The board this season have been blank. I mean, I've just had a bit of a rant about them, so that kind of gives a... <laughs> that's, that's why I changed it round. Also, I want Lee to have the next one first. Um, the... Oh. Mm. 
negligible. Oh. Do you want to expand or? Well, I think I probably did in the last round. Yeah, that's true. Lee. I, I think, <laughs> well, I mean, I will happily expand a little bit more. Okay. I, I think the too, too, too long to sack Young, if that's, you know, where it was heading. We didn't interview for a manager's job, which is, I can only assume everyone else who applied for it was like someone like me just going, oh, I'll be a football manager. Um, well, I mean, the so, rumours are Kenny Miller did, and he got a, a, his first win as a as a manager yesterday. Um, yeah, so who knows? That, that I'll, I'll just stick with that. Lee, the board this season have been complacent. Good word. I think it's difficult because. I feel for them in the fact that we don't really have the money to compete, but I think that, yeah, there's maybe even a bit of complacency. Mm. Thing is, we feel for them because we know them. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I've known Liam since I first started going to be like ours is. Yeah. Uh, and it's difficult I, I because I see and, and I have conversations with a few of the members on the board and I know how much they care, which yeah. is probably why I find it so difficult to be critical. But well, you know they're hurting as well. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like a hundred percent. And I, I I do really, really feel for them. But equally there's there's been some major complacency and for me and, and I, like I've said around the, the commercial side of things, we need to do better. And I've, I've said it time and time and time again. You just have to look at Arbroath. Now, I know that Arbroath have got the, the Campbells in and their business contacts will be helping them to a degree. Hopefully that one Falkirk fan that chirps up every time I say that as they <laughs> listen to this. But, you know, he will be, um, they will be getting help from that. But, I mean, there's other clubs a similar size to us that just do so much better commercially and we need to get better at that. Yeah. Aaron, the board this season have been... Rigid, and just it kind of goes and combines the two points that Doug and Lee mentioned. I find rigid in the fact that I, 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 sorry, I, I'm I'm naive to this because I'm I'm new into supporting the club, so I am speaking from a place of ignorance. But I don't know who they are for a club that's a community club. I, I don't know who they are. Um, I don't see anything happening around the club that's making me think, oh, that's a good idea. Or I could see that work. I don't see anything being trialled out, whether that be making commercial partnerships, whether that even be trying to advertise hospitality. You know, I think Doug made a point there about he went to hospitality and he was was handling one there. I've I've never seen it advertised. I've never heard of it advertised. Um, whether that be social media or, you know, word of mouth, whatever it may be. So, yeah, rigid. Although, without going into too much a personal thing, I would like to make people aware that what they did for my family after my granddad died was incredible. So I don't doubt that they're good people. I don't doubt that they've got the club's best interest at heart. But I think if you've got the club's best interest at heart, it's maybe time to try and expand and a lot of other people in to try and open up ideas. I, I think that's what, what's great about having you on, 
uh, not just blowing smoke up your ass, but it's like it genuinely is because you are new to the club and you don't know these guys. Like we've known them for donkey's years, and sometimes it's hard to criticise because they're friends as well. Because like we we've known Stephen Mel and Liam Anderson for so many years, and they they're, they're friends of ours. But a new you're coming in with a fresh perspective, and the club does need to get out there more because it, it does feel right now that's too much of. They're relying on people contacting them to book hospitality or to do this or to do that as opposed to getting out there. And obviously a commercial manager would certainly help with that. And that has to be one of the priorities for them to to get that as of now because you've got a summer to build this club back up and to build interest back up. And for me, the, the board this season have been too slow to react and to change. And that's what they need to do. And that it's not just manager, it's like, bring in new blood, bring in just fresh ideas, open up more. And I know it's been difficult with COVID and you can't get out and about in the same way, but things have opened up so much more now that the club have to do that. They have to get out there and just... They want to be proactive and not reactive. And even with them being reactive, they've been very slow to be reactive. So we'll do three more. Lee, I've made this one for you to kick off. Ryan Wallace is blank. Possibly locked in a cupboard in your house since we haven't seen him for a few weeks, but... I think those days are long gone. Um, frustrating. Oh, Doug's upset because that was going to be his, um, I think. <laughs> an absolutely wonderful footballer when he's game and when he's, he's focused and He's signed for next season, so hopefully we see him at the club next year being a driving force to get us back into League One. I can't see it. I'd still peg all my savings that he'll end up at Airdrie because I know that Scott Agnew has probably been tapping him up and I think that that's why he threw his toys at the pram at the start of the season. I said that at the time and I've still probably maintained that that's true. But for me, one of my favourite East Five players in, in my time supporting the club, but frustrating human, no doubt about it. Aaron, you don't have the the Ryan love that Lee has, so Ryan Wallace is blank. My word was frustrated, as well as Lee, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's nothing really I could say that Lee hasn't already said. That's interesting, because like, that's the three of you, I think we'd have gone for that. For, for me, I think he's a luxury we can't afford. He is not going to have the appetite for League Two football. And he's going to come at a hefty price and he's he's too inconsistent at the moment and I know it's because injuries and he's been in and out of the team and you're only going to get that by playing but we, we can't afford to have a guy like that when we are battling for avoiding relegation and when we're battling to try and go back up I just don't think he's he's the right fit for what this club needs to be moving forward Doug Ryan Wallace is and you can stick with frustrating no, look, it's 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 a hundred percent frustration. I, I kind of disagree with you, and I don't think he's the right fit for a team struggling to avoid relegation. If we're at the other end of the table, I think he's a great fit because I think if he's playing well in a winning team, I think in League Two, I mean, look, I I openly said that I think he should go, and I still kind of stick by that. If he starts the season with us in the right frame of mind. I would change my mind probably very, very quickly. Oh, me too. At the moment, 
Like, like if, if he comes to pre-season and starts the season, it's like, I'm up for this. I want to win a championship medal. I, I want to get this club back up. Yeah. But that's, that's exactly, But that's exactly where the frustration word comes in. He's he. I was going to almost say enigma. Like he's when he's on, he's very good. But I just didn't like his attitude this season at all. Yeah. And I think uh, that needs to change. But if, if if all the stars align, he would be oh, comfortably the best, probably player in that league almost. Yeah, yeah well, maybe, not, maybe maybe not comfortably, but he'd certainly no, be up. He's going to be a standout. He'd certainly be in the the running and as a League Two Player of the Year. So that brings us to our penultimate one, which is looking at League Two next season, Aaron. We will finish blank in League Two next year. Now, you're basing this on the fact we don't know who we've got as players, but let's get an early prediction in. Playoffs. I just... Yeah, I'm being a bit safety, Sam, there. Um... There's just, I think there's so many pieces of jigsaw that need to change and there's going to change. And I think it's impossible to to pinpoint where we'll finish. I think it's, it's not just about, it, it's not just even about the, the players who leave and the players come in. There's almost like a, it's, it's like a cultural reset a bit as well in terms of from the top down, from the club. We've spoke a bit about the board, but then you're looking at, you mentioned it earlier and I, I'm with you, uh, because like, we don't have an identity. Like, no. So what players will we try and sign? What system would we like to play? What strategy? What type of players are we going to be looking to try and sign? What system will we fit into? There are so many questions that we don't know the answers to. And I'd like to think the board and Crawford know the answers to those questions, but I've got doubts that they do. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go playoffs. Yeah, that that is so important. Like Crawford needs to know now how he wants to play next year. And then that's the players that you're wanting to keep that fits in with that. And that's the players that you want to sign. I think we'll be top four. Third or fourth. And I'm only basing that on how the rest of that league looks. And there's no standout teams. But say Dumbarton came down and Fraserburgh or Bonnie Rigg come up. You've got to fancy them for being near the top. And then if Annan don't go up, they could have a good year next year. So I, th- I think third or fourth could realistically be what we're looking at. And I'm trying to let my head not overrule my heart here because you think, oh, we've come down, we'll be first, we'll go back up again. I don't think it's going to be easy next year. Doug? Oh, um, oh God, Chris, I've absolutely no idea. I know, uh, it's a I'm pig gonna... in a poke really just now. I mean, my, my first shout, just because... I'm being pessimistic. It's fifth, but I'd like, I'd like, you know, it all depends who we sign. But I'd like to think. Well, I mean, we should finish top four. You're right, absolutely. But there'll be a lot of teams that will think that as well. So no idea. But I'll, I'm going to be. I'm just going to say fifth. Oh, fifth is what I had as well. Oh, how, how um, do you think the fan base would take? not having even a top four finish and not being in the playoffs. If you look at the last time we came down for this division, it took us a few seasons to stabilise before um, the Smith finally took us back up. I think that Stenhouse Muir have got a very interesting project going on. Mm. If they don't make it into the playoffs, they're assembling a good side and, and they're putting some decent stuff together. Forfar, if they don't go up, are, are, are going to be a decent outfit. Um, I think that 
Sterling Albion under Darren Young will be a very interesting outfit next season. They've got an experienced manager who's been there and taken a, a side up before. And I think that Sterling will have a bigger budget than us next season. In fact, I know they will. Um, so I think that they'll be an interesting outfit next year. Then you've got Bonnie Rigg if they come up. Um, I'm fancying Fraserborough for that, I've got to say. They're in a really good run at the moment. But again, think, it's opposition that they're playing. It's like it's yeah, hard to get a game. I think that Bonnie Rigg will win the playoff and I think that they'll beat Cowden in the, the playoffs. Although the view for the terrorists t- seem to think that Cowden will... I'll stay up, so we'll see what they know. But oh, I haven't watched this week's one of that yet. I, what, what do you two guys think? It's like, do you think Cowden will stay up, or who do you have between Fraserburgh and Bonnie Rig? I mean, uh, for me, for me, just having a team called Bonnie Rig Rose in your league, and they can go and do one. That's a terrible <laughs> nonsense name. Yeah, it's almost MLS standard. That. Um, <laughs> I I've got a sneaky thing about Cowdenbeath as well. I, I I don't even know why. I just I don't think they've been in horrific form. Like they're not getting pumped every week. So mm. I don't know. They've been there. You know, they've, they've done it before. Remember they, when they beat? Yeah, Buddy, twice I think. That game when it, about seventeen players got sent off against yeah. Brora. I, I don't know. I've just got the sneaky thing. I kind of hope Cowden go down because I've always refused to go to Central Park again because it's an absolute shithole. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I, if I wanted a team to come up, it would probably be Fraserburgh because it would be a good away trip. Mm. Aaron, what do you think? I'm kind of similar to Doug and I just have this feeling Cowden and Beef will still be in that division next year. Um, Central Park's an absolute dive. I've been there before. Cracker India next to it though. Oh, so Shimmer's Palace. Is it still Shimmer's Palace? I oh, I love so that. That's, that's a relatively short away trip and it gives you a wee meal. Um, but <laughs> that's a terrible way to look at But yeah, I think <laughs> yeah, I just have this feeling coming before it. Did, did they not beat Annan? Was it last week 3 2? Have I got that right? Did they not beat Annan? Who did they beat last week, Cowan Beef? They I not got Annan in the results for a few weeks. Let's check that out. Just yeah, they're, they're not in her, they're not in her in the squad, anyway. Yeah, I think that's the point, is that it's, I yeah, think it last is. year, when yeah. You, yeah, you know, Break and City were on a downward spiral, a proper downward spiral for years, and it was inevitable, because they were getting pumped most weeks. Cowden be fun, so I think Cowden be will still be there next year. Actually, Cowden's unbeaten in five. Yeah. One win and four draws. Two of them's nil-nil, that's like East Fife quality there. Just before we get to my last blank question then, I, I, who do you see going up from the championship? Because big game coming up on Friday night, I'm looking forward to that one. There's one point between Kelly and Arbroath just now. That I, is going to be some game. I, I, I can't see past Kelly as well, but I would really would love Arbroath to do it. I mean, good to see. I mean, Arbroath scoring five when... When they had to win, yeah. went one nil, went one nil down. You know that's that was that was massive. So I think everyone will be tuning in on Friday if they can. Hope Arbroath can do it, but I can't see it. Let's quickly get into this last one because we've gone on a little bit, and we'll just we'll just do a quick answer to this. The thing I'm looking forward to most next season is blank. 
And for me, it's getting back over, actually doing a podcast in person. I will be over next season. That is a promise, stroke threat. Doug, what are you most looking forward to next season? Maybe winning some football games. Mm. Lee? A title charge. Oh, and Aaron? Goals. Yeah, that would be nice. So it's so that people don't think our name is East 5-0, as that old joke goes. But that is it for another episode of Glory Days of Gold. Hope you've enjoyed this one. We've tried to keep it as upbeat as we can. It's very difficult just now. We'll just go around everyone for one last time. Anything you learned this week? Any final thoughts? Or where you want folk that can find you online? Let's start with Lee. Find me in all the usual places where I espouse much shite on social media. Uh, Lee G1903 on the old Twitter. Um, of course, our social medias, if you don't follow them already, at Glory Days of Gold. Um, don't post much on Facebook, although I did post a link for any of our listeners um, who still haven't seen the pictures from the Archibald event. They're on our Facebook page and there's a link on our Twitter page as well. Make sure you go and give them a wee look ski. Aaron, any final thoughts from you? No, nothing to add. Just time to look forward now, get ourselves looking forward to next year. We'll play the young ones last couple of games. Um, Twitter handle as a teacher one. Follow if you like, don't really care. HWB1410. Catchy. Catchy. Trips off the tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Doug, any final thoughts from you? Uh, you won't find me on Facebook. I've ditched all my social media. Oh, have you? A few, yeah, a few weeks ago, yeah. Um, uh, a tiny one is when we thought the Wraith Rovers implosion with the Goodwillie thing couldn't have got any worse. Their statement from their oh, owner was incredible. I forgot about Absolutely that. Incredible. Yeah. Wow. Unbelievable. You can Literally just took one the, of the pen out of the grenade, one. didn't you? Yeah. Oh. From the very start of the article and the, the statement, it's like, well, you've not learned anything, have you? Um, well, my, my, my quick thing about it was, why did it take you so long to do this? You might as well have done that when it was all kicking off anyway. Yeah, you've just, just brought it all back to the surface again. Yeah. It's like, oh, the, the, fa- the fans are feeling a bit better. They've just won a trophy. <laughs> Let's just you take them back so- down again. You feel equally sorry for Goodwilly and the woman he raped. And you've got... And go, go and choose another one of the 41 because I'm going to shut you down if you keep doing this. Absolutely superb. Love yeah. that. Last thing I'll just say to the show, we got some good news here in Vancouver this week. Vancouver is now officially back in the World Cup bid for the 2026 World Cup. We will be hosting games here. Could be anything 2-3 up to 5, but it's just going to be tremendous. If Scotland were to get based here in 2026, I'll put you all up in my house. Might be a tight squeeze, but we'll sort that out anyway. Lee's in. That's that's what he'll be saying. And 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 I love a tight squeeze. Yes. Sure, Jonathan will come over. We can all stay with his brother as well. Or you you guys can stay with his brother. So that is it for another episode. We might be back next week. I don't know, but we'll we'll have a little chat about that. I won't be because I'm going to be at a game next Sunday. But we will be back soon anyway. Until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting us all season long. Thanks for supporting these five all season long. Take care. Have a nice Easter. And remember, Easter Monday is cheap chocolate day. Morning the Fife. It's over now I know it's over But I can't let go
Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better. All conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road To sing my songs for the boys in black and gold Stories about 1938 And I was just a boy I knew I'd have to wait There's broken dreams And what might have been At that stadium by the shore But those glory days ago My 